Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy podcast. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and I'm joined here, as always, with the Fantasy Fro. Fro, how are you today? Well, I was doing great up until about five minutes ago when uh, <laughs> my, my childhood uh, fan, my childhood dreams came crashing down. Uh, but we're not. that's neither here nor there, because you know what? Out of sight, out of mind, we are focused on fantasy football. Right now, week two is coming. Week one is in the books, and that was a crazy week one. I mean, we predicted a lot of things were right. A couple things went wrong. But you know what? The things we got wrong, every single fantasy analysis got wrong. So I'm pretty. I'm looking forward to, to week two. I think everything is going to go our way. For sure. And before we hop into there, uh, let's just uh, send a quick condolences and uh, remembrance of, you know, September 11th. Today is September 11th as we record this. So for all those who lost their lives that day and those who uh, gave the ultimate sacrifice to to help, uh, you know, retrieve people from the you know collapsed buildings, uh, we can never thank you enough. All right. Moving on now. Uh, Fro, how do the how do the people find you on social media? Well, if you haven't figured it out yet, you can certainly follow me on Twitter at FantasyFro. And like I said, I'm Nate with We Know Fantasy. can be found on Twitter and Instagram at We Know Fantasy. have a Facebook as well, and that's at We Know Fantasy. Simple as that. Uh, we both have premium services still available. If you are interested in that exclusive content, priority content, things of that nature, please hit us up on our social medias, and we'll get that uh, sorted out. Please also visit our website, www.WeKnowFantasy.com. There you will find uh, pretty uh, free content that's pretty much daily at this point during the fantasy football season. Uh, there's updates of breaking news. There's a betting series. There's a, a rankings. Everything you need to know about fantasy football is found on our website. So be sure to uh, visit that. Um, also, remember every Monday we drop our I drop a waiver wire whispers podcast that highlights the must ads of the waiver wire for the the week. Uh, Every week, so pay attention to that on Monday, and of course, every Wednesday around 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you'll find myself and Fro gracing your uh, Twitter feeds uh, with, with our, with our. I guess it's, I guess our, our smiling faces because you don't see our faces, but our, our, our soothing voices, I guess you'd say. So, what are we going to talk about today? What are we talking about today? There's a lot of things that happen. Of course, week one's in the book, just as uh, the Fro mentioned. So week two is about to happen a lot of things have happened in week one uh some of those things include tyreek hill is out for next day a period of time uh hunter henry too went down with injury he could be out for the season uh, we'll talk week one overreactions as lo- everyone loves to do that and we'll all have our must starts for week two as well so uh first things first let's uh hop into some injury news tyreek hill has a sternovellicular, something like that, joint injury. He's out four to six weeks. Some suggest he could be out six to eight. Um, so I, I guess the question will be here, uh, where do we go from this point? You know, Tyreek Hill, the all-pro receiver, returner, you know, Swiss Army knife, everything. He touches the ball. He can turn it into a touchdown with that uh, lightning quick speed. But uh, week one, we saw Sammy Watkins go off for 11 receptions or 11 targets, nine receptions, 198 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, Hill only played 13 snaps that game. Um, so does Sammy Watkins continue to be that guy that you're going to plug into your lineup and leave there until Tyreek Hill returns? Or is Sammy Watkins a guy that uh, historically has that one or two weeks throughout the season where he blows up and then is, uh, pretty much puts up a goose egg or is, is absent for uh, you know times? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a no-brainer. You're starting Sammy Watkins in, in week two. And, you know, it's anybody who drafted him was 
is kind of was kind of hoping for this, you know, to happen during a season that maybe Tyreek Hill would get injured or suspended or anything. But uh, you know, Sammy Watkins is kind of re reinvigorated himself in Kansas City. You know, last year he was still kind of banged up a little bit, but it's it's his time to shine. He's actually a hell of a player when he's healthy. We saw it in Buffalo. You know, he is an elite player and he is on the greatest offense in the NFL, possibly ever when it's all said and done, playing with one of the best coaches in Andy Reid. And obviously we know what Patrick Mahomes can do, but I mean, Sammy Watkins is a no-brainer start next week. I sat him week one, which absolutely sucked, you know, putting up nearly 50 points. And then I lost that, lost that league, unfortunately, but I'm starting Sammy Watkins this week and probably going forward. I'm, I will be starting him regardless of, you know, how he performs the week before. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. If you have the wide receiver one to Patrick Mahomes, uh, you're pretty much an idiot if he's on your bench moving forward, especially after that week one performance. Uh, but outside of Sammy Watkins, which we know is going to produce for us, who steps up? Because a wide receiver two has to have value too for that, like you said, Kansas City offense that could be one of the greatest of all time. Is it the rookie McCole Hardman, or does uh, Demarcus Robinson take that role? Uh, Hardman played 53 snaps which is 78%. Robinson was in on 48 snaps, 63%. But Hardman only saw one target, and Robinson saw two. Uh, whose job do you think this is, Fro? Oh, it's absolutely Miko Hardman's. Yeah, we talked about him for the last three months. You know, if, if Tyreek Hill ever got injured, Hardman's going to plug right into his spot. And guess what, boys? He is here. His time is here. I went out and added Hardman in every single lead that I possibly could. He's probably worth a start this week playing against Oakland, and they're gonna that that offense is both that entire game between Oakland and Kansas City. That is gonna be an absolute slugfest. Gonna be the ball is gonna be tossed back and forth. Gonna have lots of points. Could be looking at a 60 total game uh, there in Oakland. Oakland looked great last week against uh, the Broncos, and if they do anything near what they did against that Chiefs defense, which is a lot worse than the Broncos defense than then there's going to be a big shootout and Hardman can find himself in a nice, you know, a nice way, you know, performance up there where he puts 30 points on the board rather than, you know, should I even start him? Should I sit him? But anytime you have a guy first target, second target, third target for Patrick Mahomes, you've got to start him. Yeah. Um, we, like the fro said, this is some we that's been on our radar since the first podcast we had back this year, probably three months ago at this point. He was included in our uh, rookies to watch, rookies to add, rookies to target that were lesser known. So um, if you listen to us and you, you were able to pick him up before the seasons or even now, uh, good for you. And like DeFro said, he's he's a uh, Tyreek Hill type. He's like the pro. He's like uh, if you took Tyreek Hill and put him in someone else's body, he's that small, quick, shifty, get the ball in his hands. He makes plays at the receiver. So he's going to plug in just fine in uh, Tyreek Hill's absence. Another injury news that hit the uh, – AFC West is Hunter Henry has went down with a tibial uh, plateau fracture. Um, don't ask me what that is. Uh, sounds pretty dangerous. Or it's like a kneecap, like, kneecap fracture. Yeah, something, something, yeah. something. Not yeah, good. All those. <laughs> Not good is what I what I uh, what I made out of that. But uh, recovery to, of that could be three months or more. So. That's uh, you know twelve, thirteen games. So that's two, three games left in the season. So. Hunter Henry is essentially done for the season. He's fresh off a torn ACL as well. Um, but that's either here nor there. We're going to talk about waiver wire tight ends that you could possibly go out still to this point, even though the waiver wire period passed yesterday, to go in and scoop up to plug in 
for uh, if you were a Hunter Henry owner uh, because you would have taken him as a top five, top six tight end, hoping he'd be your only tight end rostered because he was, you know, that guy that you're going to play week to week. And now he's gone. You need a replacement. You know, the, the Tuesday's waiver wire period is past. You know, the Mark Andrew, uh, Andrews, uh, the Darren Waller, all those guys are uh, TJ Hawkinson are gone. Uh, too bad this news didn't come out yesterday where those uh, Hunter, Henry, Hunter Henry owners were able to, uh, you know, take part in that and get in one of those three big names I just talked about. But uh, the has come together with uh, three names here. Uh, I think it's three of uh, Titans to target uh, in case you are Hunter Henry owner and you need to replace him. So I'm going to hand it over to the fro here. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, is anybody really surprised that Hunter Henry is injured again? It's really unfortunate. This guy is very talented and that, that Chargers team does not catch a break at all. They already have so many injuries. It is week two, and they just cannot catch a break. But you know what? It actually adds more fantasy relevance for the other players around them. Other players are going to elevate. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll sign Melvin Gordon and put him at receiver because <laughs> they, they're right now they really could use it. But the, the, the three tight ends I'm kind of aiming at that, I mean, other than Darren Waller, he's obviously the number one. He was the guy that, you know, John Gruden talked about nonstop in the preseason. He couldn't stop talking about him. Even Antonio Brown said how great Waller was going to be. And now without Antonio Brown there, I went out and I snagged him in one of my leagues. And I'm really glad I did because he actually led the, the Raiders in targets last week with eight targets. He caught seven of those eight for 70 yards. And that is like his floor each week right there. So I really think that Waller's the guy. And he was actually owned. He was available in... I want to say 45% of leagues on ESPN. I'm not sure what Yahoo is, but I know he's not the easiest guy to get on the waivers right now, but check your leagues. You never know. If you're in a 10-man league, it's likely that that he could be in there. Check your leagues and see if he's there. He's the number one guy I would target right now. And then number two, we're looking at Greg Olson, you know, the old tight end on the Panthers. He was actually the third most targeted tight end last week. The only thing with him is he does have an injury, so he is questionable. And if he doesn't play, then his backup, Ian Thomas, he will actually play a majority of the snaps and could actually just fill right in to that Greg Olson role. I really think that the, the Panthers are going to bounce back this week against the Bucks. And the third option is another old man, Vernon Davis from the Redskins. who My actually, man. Yeah, played pretty well against the Eagles last week. He actually, I was on my way home from State College on Sunday listening to the game, and then I heard, oh, Vernon Davis caught the ball. He's going down. Oh, wait, no, he broke the tackle. Oh, there's a touchdown. You know, that was a little disappointing. But anytime Jordan Reed is out, I think the uh, Vernon Davis has, has actually performed very, very well as the tight end one for the Redskins the last few years. And they're going to throw the ball a lot because they're not a good team. We saw they actually got a big against the Eagles in the first half, and it was very concerning. But then the Eagles lit up the scoreboard because that defense isn't that good. So they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And I think right now, if you're desperate for a tight end, Vernon Davis is right there. Yeah, Vernon Davis is always a guy that's going to put some numbers. Every time Jordan Reed is out, I always use him as my DFS tight end because he just seems to come through and score a touchdown or two. So uh, that's a good shout there from the fro. So uh, hopping over here, we're going to talk about Week one overreactions. This is everyone's favorite thing to do after week one is to flood our Twitter feeds asking us what to do with their big names because they didn't put up what they expected them to put up in week one. So we're going to go through a few names here that underperform in week one and talk about if we're uh, if we're worried about them or not. Uh, we're just going to talk about these guys and and uh, there's no question about it. We're probably going to be like calm down because these guys are just fine. So uh, first off, we have Todd Gurley, 
who uh, had who recorded 14 carries for 97 yards, one target, one reception, four yards. And now, and actually, a pretty outstanding stat I saw in the second half. He had nine carries, basically when the Rams were up, but he had nine carries and averaged 9.9 yards per carry. The problem here is Malcolm Brown pretty much took his red zone work, which, you know, Touchdown Todd is his nickname because he's like he's good to get in the end zone. But Malcolm Brown was in there and stole two touchdowns away from him. So, uh, Fro, are you concerned about Todd Gurley? Because I definitely am not. No, absolutely not. Uh, I believe he played about, what, 70% yep. of the, the snaps. Um, to Brown's 27 yeah, he did out-carry Malcolm Brown by three three carries there. But, but Malcolm Brown, he vultured two touchdowns. And any any average fantasy player is going to look at that and go, oh, Malcolm Brown, he's the truth. I'm going to have to add him. He's he's better than Gurley. But you got you got to know better than that. You know, it has nothing to do with that. Touchdown will, touchdowns will get vultured. That's just how it is. I don't think Gurley even had a, a carry inside the 10-yard line, which is nope. very concerning. But, I mean, it's Todd Gurley. He's going to be fine. He looks strong. He looked, you know, confident. He didn't look like he was favoring his leg. And that's really what we were looking for as is. He's not going to be what he was last year, and we know that. They're not going to let him get to that point. But, you know, even 70% of last year is still very good. So I actually sent out in my uh, premium clients, I sent out buy low options right now. And Todd Gurley was right at the top. And I think in some, some you know, average leagues where players kind of freak out after the first week, you can go out and get Todd Gurley for a fairly priced yeah, I can't begin to tell you how many people have hit me up with a, uh, you know, questions, including here's a trade offer I received uh, for Todd Gurley, and they're rather low. So hang on, Todd Gurley. He's going to start putting up those points. It was He was just a touchdown away from, you know, a 15, 16, 17-point game, and you guys would have been fine with that. So hang on to him. He's going to get his points. He, like I said, in the second half, he had basically 10 yards per carry, and that's unheard of on, across nine carries. So that's uh, pretty great to see for uh, Todd Gurley owners. Uh, next up, we have Mike Evans. Uh, many uh, were concerned about Mike Evans. Jameis Winston, uh, you know, had a very poor game. They were playing in 100-degree weather. Mike Evans actually had the flu or flu-like symptoms. Uh, the flu hit that Tampa Bay locker room before the game on Sunday. So uh, he was playing with that. The, the game script is horrible. You know, Jameis threw two pick six, three interceptions. So... Uh, the four Niners did well in, in uh, getting to him, putting pressure on him. So the, it, it just wasn't there for Mike Evans. But Mike Evans is still a wide receiver 10 this year. He's going to put up those numbers. James Winston's going to bounce back and put up a ton of points. We'll talk about that later. Um, but are you concerned about Mike Evans, Fro? Nope. He's going to be fine. He is going to be fine. He's on the field for 86% of the snaps. James Winston played like garbage. But that entire game was garbage because they had five touchdowns called back. <laughs> and they'll kill any fantasy value. I, oh, I remember God. watching it because I had Garoppolo and Kittle in one of my leagues. And I said, ooh, touchdown, Kittle. Nope, just kidding. Touchdown, Kittle. Oop, just kidding. So, uh, you know, we had that game marked as, you know, that's going to be the highest scoring game. You know, a lot of sleepers in that game. And we had it right. We absolutely had it right. You cannot go against when the freaking officials ruin, ruin the matchup. It just kills all the momentum. I mean, yes, Winston did kind of, you know, do horrible, but he had to force some throws towards the end of the game. He's going to be fine. He's going to light it up on Thursday against the Panthers, and all will be good in the fantasy world. Yeah, we'll talk about Davis Winston a little bit later. That's a little sneak peek for you guys, but moving on, a few more names. Devontae Adams had eight targets, four receptions, 36 yards. I know there's no concern here. He's still a top talent wide receiver playing the Chicago Bears on a Thursday night. It's tough for anyone. All right, another name, Dante. 
Dante Pettis. He only played two offensive snaps. This is one I'm getting a lot of concern about. People are dropping him actually in leagues. And uh, that's an overreaction as well. Two offensive snaps, you know, you're concerned about this guy as Lewis said, wide receiver one for the 49ers. But he's also dealing with a lingering groin injury. He really wasn't needed in that Tampa Bay game because it was off when the 49ers got up, uh, you know, by two scores in the second half. And really didn't need to force their hand in playing Dante Pettis. But uh, that game was just, it was just, the script was bad. So throw that out of the way. Dante Pettis is still going to play. This is one of those names that we have listed that there could be some actual concern about. So, Fro, do you have concern about Dante Pettis? The only thing that's concerning about him is that there's so many options for Garoppolo to to throw to. That's what's more concerning than anything. Um, I mean, Dante Pettis is a great player. It's just, just, I don't know, it's just concerning. I, you know... Everybody got low on. Everybody was high on him to start the preseason. Then everybody got low on him, and then freaking uh, what's his name Shanahan said, "All right, Pettis is still the receiver one, but you played two percent of snaps. How the hell are you the wide receiver one playing two percent of snaps?" So there's something there. I really don't know what it is, but if we don't see something that more this week, then Pettis might be droppable. Yeah, we'd like to see something this week. Because if we're gonna take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, another concern here, Devontae Freeman. Uh, he actually put up a very horrible line. Eight carries, 19 yards, three receptions, 12 yards. Again, bad game script went down early and often to the Minnesota Vikings. A good defense, and they just had a throw from behind, and Freeman just didn't have the work. Yeah, and well, the Falcons are playing the Eagles on Sunday, so don't worry because Freeman's going to do well. Because, like I said last week, the Eagles give up a lot of receptions to running backs. And it was just a bad game script. The, the freaking Falcons looked horrible. I don't know what happened there. They just looked absolutely horrible. Everybody was so high on, you know, Matt Ryan and Julio. And I just, I don't know. I guess the, the Vikings defense played really well. And then they just decided to run the ball down, down the Falcons' throat. And then the Falcons just didn't have enough opportunities to score. So I think the Freeman's going to be fine this week. Yeah, that was one of the Falcons' biggest problems last year is they were unable to stop the run, and they didn't do anything really this offseason to prevent that, and that was proven last week as Dalvin Cook just had his way with that defense, just absolutely gashing them left and right at all times. So hopefully moving forward, Freeman gets some more chances, and like the Froze said, the Eagles are pretty uh, good at getting up receptions to uh, opposing running backs. So look for Freeman to have a bounce-back week this week. Um, another big name here, Ben Roethlisberger, 27 for 47, 276 yards and an interception. Uh, you know... I want to say this is somewhat predictable, but if you look at Ben uh, historically, the fro actually tweeted about this. He just plays a lot worse on the road than he does at home, and I think that was an example of this playing prime time against the Patriots, who are excellent at taking away your best players. That's what they did with Juju. Um, Stephen Gilmore is arguably the best corner of the league, one of the best corners in the league. Just locked Juju down. Ben looked rattled, got hit left and right. So it, it was just a bad game, and he was in Foxborough as well. Yeah, and uh, the Steelers are going against the uh, Seahawks at Heinz Field. The Seahawks gave up nearly 400 yards to Andy Dalton and the the Bengals <laughs> offense, who was supposed to be pretty low. You know, every, I recommended everybody start the Seattle defense, and that kind of came back to bite us. But you know, we don't we don't really know. You know, there's different coaches, there's different players. We just really don't know. But one thing I do know is the Steelers are going to bounce back, and Ben Roethlisberger is a must start this week. Uh, another quarterback here, we already talked about him a little bit. Jameis Winston went 20 for 36, 194 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. And, uh, actually last year when Jameis Winston came back from uh, was it suspension? Yes. Yeah, suspension to, uh, start the, the year, his first game, he only threw for, threw for 145 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. And the following week he came out, 
threw for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns. So that's James Winston for you. He's going to come back this week. I know it's the Carolina defense. It's not the Carolina defense of, of the past. He's going to light him up Thursday night. I'm all in James Winston. No concern here. The Fro and I are both James Winston truthers. Absolutely. And our last guy for this list, Tyler Lockett. He only had two targets reception, 44 yards. That touchdown really saved him. That two targets is really what concerns you. But even last year when Lockett ended up being, I think it was wide receiver 11 or th- it was either in the range 11 to 13. It was because he put up so many touchdowns. He doesn't get a high number of receptions. And that's what you take this gamble when you draft Lockett. It's, he's not going to get this high number of receptions, but he's going to put up points because he can find, you know, yards after the catch and score touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Lockett is a, he's a playmaker. And, you know, you're kind of banking on, you know, the Seahawks getting that, that play action going. Chris Carson looked absolutely awesome on Sunday. And you're kind of banking on that play action and getting Lockett open. And that's kind of what you're looking for. I mean, I think DK Metcalf was he was single covered and Tyler Lockett got double covered quite a bit. So we'll have to see what happens here. I'm actually I'm debating if I want to even start Lockett this week in my league. I might sit him this week just because I'm kind of worried about if they're going to double double him. But then again, it is the Steelers, so I really got to think about what I'm going to do here. But I think Tyler Lockett's going to be just fine. All right. So those are the players that you know we've seen a lot of overreaction on. Stay calm, guys. These guys are coming around. It was week one. We still have. Well, pretty much 14 weeks of fantasy to go. So hang in there. It's going to get better. I promise. So uh, let's jump over to our last segment. And this is where we talk about our must start for uh, for week two. We do this every single week on the Wednesday night podcast. So if uh, this is something you enjoy, make sure you tune back. I have uh, four players here. How many do you have, Fro? I have two players and a defense. Okay. So we'll just do the alternating thing. I'll start since I have four and, uh, we talked about this guy. I'm going Jameis Winston. I have to double down on this guy. The fro and I are high on this guy in the on the in the you know offseason. We catch a lot of crap from people because of this. And especially after week one, we performed so bad. People are coming at us out of the woodworks. Hey, you guys are Jameis Winston's truthers. That stat I just listed about, you know, the week one when he came back was poor, then he came back for almost four hundred yards and three touchdowns. That's a Jameis we're gonna see in Thursday night against Carolina. I promise you that. So if you have Jameis Winston as your quarterback, slot him in. Be confident, Jameis Winston. For the win, I will die on this sword. All right. And the only quarterback I would add and then start over Winston this week is Derek Carr. Because Derek Carr's last two home games against the Chiefs, he scored 24.4 and 30.2 points per game. So that's nearly that's 27 points per game he's averaging. This game is projected to be the highest scoring game. And the Raiders' first-round pick, uh, the safety, Jonathan Abram, he's actually out for the season. He injured his, I believe it was his shoulder. And expect the, the we had talked about the Chiefs are going to light it up against the Raiders. So the Raiders are going to have to throw the ball a lot. So I expect Derek Hart to be a top-five quarterback this week. And also, guys, take note. the We're not going to, you know, give you guys Delvin Cook or, you know, Saquon Barkley names. These are guys that are lesser-owned uh, you know, bench players normally that we would suggest you guys get in your lineup this week. Uh, just be easier for us to come out here and say, start Saquon, start Zeke. That's not how this works. So uh, I have it broken down quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. So I'll go to my running back next. Uh, Matt Breida, another guy I preached last week, didn't do so well. Again, game script really hurt him. But uh, Tevin Coleman's out this week. So Matt Breida, even though he's listed as RB1, he's going to get all the touches. You know, Raheem Mostert was still some of those, but... Matt Breida is, is slated to get a lot of work. The 49ers play the Bengals, and Chris Carson had 15 carries for 46 yards, one touchdown, six receptions for 35 yards, and a touchdown last week against the Bengals. 
We know Breida is great in space. We know Breida is very good at pass catching. And we know Breida has a nose for the end zone. All these things are are great and things that are going to help him propel to be a great option this week. So if you're looking for a flex play, Matt Breida could be your guy this week. All right, all right, all right. My wide receiver must start of the week is Mikkel Hardman. Because of all the reasons I just listed above about that Raiders and Chiefs game, Tyreek Hill is out. Mikkel Hardman is in. The game script is in his favor. The Raiders' secondary is weak. It is going to be time for Mikkel Hardman. Get him in your lineups. It's time. Like we said, we've been preaching this guy for three months now, so if uh, you miss out on him, it's uh, only on you. So I'm going to jump here to uh, you know ride a hot wave from week one. That's Jameson Crowder. Uh, this is for your PPR uh, players really only. He led all players last week with 17 receptions. I think the second, uh, it was tied for second, was like 13 targets. So he had four or more than uh, the second place or second most targeted player. So that's a ton of targets. 17 targets is no fluke. No one's just going to randomly get 17 targets in one week. They trust Jameson Crowder. He's going to see the ball early. He's going to see the ball often. And Marcus Mariota threw for 248 yards and three touchdowns against the Browns last week, who the Jets are going up against this week. So don't be afraid to play Jameson because of this Browns matchup. Jameson Crowder is going to put up a ton of of PPR points again this week. All right. In the moment we've been waiting for, what defense should I stream this week? So we're going with the Broncos defense and special teams to bounce back after the brutal loss to the Raiders. So the Broncos as a team, their home record the first two weeks of the season since 2000 is 22 and one loss. So the Broncos also, their defense and special teams since 2012 average 11 points during those first two weeks that are home games. That is a very confident trend. I think the the Bears are going to really struggle in mile high, and the Broncos are going to play a lot better. It, the total is actually one of the lowest. I think it is the lowest total in any game, and I think that the Broncos are comfortably could be in double digits for this defense. All right, and my last guy to start is another guy we talked about over this podcast, Darren Waller, Oakland Raiders. He is one of, I think it's six or seven players to play all outside of quarterbacks, to play all 100%, all 100% of offensive snaps for their team. He had eight targets for seven receptions, 70 yards. Uh, he's playing the Chiefs this week. The Fro just said it's going to be one of the highest scoring games, if not the highest scoring games projected to be. Uh, a lot of points will be. Uh, put up Derek Carr performs historically against the uh, Chiefs in the last two seasons. Someone's got to catch those balls. Darren Waller is my must start tight end of the week. So uh, that concludes another podcast here on the We Know Fantasy uh, station featuring the Fantasy Fro. Uh, I guess briefly, Pro, where do the good people find you on the social media once more? You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Fro, and be sure to ask me about our group meet chat where we have over 40 people right now chatting about their leagues, their starts, their sits, and it's really friendly. And honestly, guys, join the fun and really meet some cool people. Yeah, every time I uh, hop on or load the, the group meet app, there's always like hundreds of missed messages because I don't check it as often as I should. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of comf- good conversations that go on in there. So make sure you guys uh, ask the fro about that, and he'll get you set up in that. Uh, as always, visit our website, www.wenofancy.com. We pretty much have daily content at this point to help you win your fantasy football leagues. And uh, we actually have some stuff to help you uh, win some money betting as well. So check that out. Uh, we both have premium services available, premium content, exclusive content, things of that nature. 
We're here to help you win your leagues. Small fee to pay to help win week to week. So hit us up for that as well. Uh, remember, every Monday night around 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the waiver wire wish list will drop. And uh, this podcast with the Fantasy Fro, the one and only, drops at Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you guys are a fan of this, please check back next Wednesday around the same time to uh, get our take on week two and uh, what's to expect in week three. So uh, until we see you guys, see you next week. Peace.